Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers War Room. I'm your host of this weekly show, Matt Peverell, as, as always, joining you live from the future. As you all know, I record Wednesday my time in the evening, and this comes live to you Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evening over there, Eastern Standard Time, US. So what that means is that by the time you'll hear this, the new league year is kicked off. That means there'll be another almost half day of this tampering period that started. We know there's a bunch of deal that's, deals that have already been done. In this week's episode, there's a lot to cover. We'll look at the different deals that the Steelers have already done in terms of re-signing key players that are that are entering free agency or, or equally were exclusive rights free agents. I'll quickly cover the guys that we've lost. There's some big names there too. We'll look at a couple of guys that, you know, could fill these needs in the draft as always, as we said, you know, with War Room, we're we're trying to give you that draft perspective at the same time as everything cap related. Look, let's crack into it. So as, as those of you that listened to last week, I um, know I had to actually go and record a secondary disclaimer um, for last week's show because in my overnight time at that sort of situation, we know that the steel, the NFL salary cap number got confirmed. So, just giving a little bit of a cap recap, if you like, Steelers are currently $3.625 million under the salary cap. Now that's for the top 51 players at the moment. So we know that there's that differential um, when you come to start of the new league year, which will be the difference between the top 51 and the and the 53 players that you need to be under for that cap. Um, and that will be that displacement. So you'll see that come over the next 24 hours. I'm interested to see what happens with the Steelers there. Equally, I think that with a number of different things that have been announced in terms of players re-signing, like Zach Banner, for example, over the last 24 hours, you'll start to get a feel for, sort of feel where the Steelers are sitting. So... The players that I'm going to quickly cover off the um, and their contracts that, that that have signed this week, I'm not going to cover Ben Roethlisberger. He's been covered plenty by um, all of us at BTSC. And if you've missed any of that, go back and listen to some of those shows. Equally, you can visit BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, where no doubt that information will be there. And I know that you know people like Dave Schofield have written those sorts of articles or, or Jeff Hartman, the two co-editors. Equally, I'm not going to cover Trey Edmonds to Gray Scales or Jaron Jones. These guys are guys that are practice squads, potentially cuts, depending on how the practice squad goes in terms of COVID players and what have you. So I'm going to cover the guys that actually could be the third round depth, second round depth, or even starters. Let's kick it off with Zach Banner. So as we know, Zach Banner um, had that ACL injury last year. He was on a prove-it deal. He's come back. He signed a two-year deal. He announced it on his Twitter. We also know that he sort of said, I'm going to stay off social media until a deal's come. So his deal at the moment is a 3.25 pro rider bonus over 2021-2022. Over that gives him a base salary of 1.525 in 2021, a cap number of 3.15. And in 2022, he keeps that same pro rata bonus number because that, that 3.25 is spread evenly, but his base salary will be 5 million, which means his cap number will be 6.625 million. Um, there is a dead money cap saving there of 5 million um, for him in 2022 if he doesn't come through there. Now, look, this is a player that was meant to be getting a prove it deal. But Zach Banner, at the same time, we we know the Steelers were pretty high on him. He pretty much knew when the season ended that he would get re-signed. He sort of alluded to that through different 
um, social media posts. They weren't as cryptic as what I think he was suggesting they would be. Um, that five, that six million number will look pretty, pretty, pretty smart next year if if he can show out this year. So let's hope that the the faith or the promise that he sort of showed for the Steelers organization in the in the preseason last year, and unfortunately he had suffered that injury against the Giants in in game one of the season. Hopefully, hopefully that comes through. Equally, he's a big right tackle. Um, you know, six foot eight. 353 pounds, you know, he was drafted in the fourth round. We know he moved around a couple of different teams. Let's hope that the guy we call the Hulk can really anchor that offensive line um, at the right tackle position this season. The next player I wanted to go on to was Cam Sutton. So any regular listeners of this show will steal his touchdown under that I host with Mark Davison each week on a Sunday, which is a live YouTube. It comes to you guys live in that YouTube form at a Saturday evening for the, in the US um, or, or afternoon know that I, I sort of flipped to Cameron Sutton once the season ended in terms of Sutton or Hilton. We know that Hilton's now signed with the with the Cincinnati Bengals and 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 that contract and we'll cover that later in the show. But just to recap Cameron Sutton's contract, which actually was very similar to the sort of number that I'd sort of suggested um might be the case, but I'd sort of extended it over a couple of extra years. We know Cam Sutton is 25, 5 foot 11. Um, we drafted him in the third round in 2017. So he signed a deal um, at the moment for $1 million base salary in 2021, pro rider bonus of 1.75, cap number of 2.75 million. Um, there, and then in terms of 2022, base salary of 4.5 million, pro rider bonus of 1.75 million as it's spread, um, cap number of 6.25 million dead cap money saving of 4.5 there. So again, that's a total $9 million contract in the end with him. You know, if he doesn't show out, we can cut him, but equally we know Hayden's getting on. We know if, if Nelson's deal doesn't see an extension, which, you know, we should, we could see that over the next 24 hours for them to make a play at, at a center, um, especially now with David Andrews from the Patriots now available, that that could be an option. Um, you know, so we should see what they do with, with camp Sutton there. Ray Ray McLeod. So Ray Ray McLeod's coming back for on a one-year deal, $1 million, um, base salary of $1 million there. Um, you know, no pro rider bonus. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't show out in the preseason, they can cut him. I, you know, his return value, it's good to bring him back in there. There's no issues there with the Steelers. Again, it, it sort of locks up a position there. It gives us with Juju likely leaving through a free agency, it gives us some um, I guess consistency there in terms of what we had last year. Equally, Marcus Allen, he's also signed. He was an exclusive rights-free agent, um, you know, and he signed a $850,000 base salary for 2021. Whether he makes the Steelers squad this season, I'm not sure. I think that he's transitioning to this linebacker position. I'm interested to see, obviously, we're doing more in the sub package um, and we want to be lots of different talk after we saw Vince Williams cut from the Steelers today, the first cut. Um, which was expected with the $4 million cap saving. Look, let's see with Marcus Allen. If, you know, I see that 850 being spent elsewhere, but, you know, at the same time, he knows the Steelers, he's a young player. He's, you know, got some athleticism. Let's see what he can do. Then I move on to JC Hassenhauer. So anyone that knows me knows that I'm not the biggest fan of JC Hassenhauer. Um, look, he's on a, he was exclusive rights free agent. 
provides a bit of consistency there, even if he's a camp body. Um, you know, even if he's there to play garbage minutes, fine. Seven hundred eighty thousand dollars that costs for him. That you know, and, but it's important that we cover the fact that he's back. Um, Robert Spillane, another. He's a restricted rights free agent, not exclusive rights free agent. Um, he's on eight fifty for eight hundred fifty thousand as a linebacker. Um, obviously, as I said, we with with Devin. Bush coming back off injury with Vince Williams um, cut, as I said before, it's going to see what he can do just as an, as well as consideration, his OTC valuation. So we know that they're based on PFF grades, but a, against their cap number, this OTC valuation for Robert Spillane was 3.13 million last year. So, um, so he's providing a lot of value for the contract he's got and look for the Steelers to potentially keep him a bit longer term you know, post this season, you know, he's 26 years old, you know, he's hoping he can build on what was a great season in 2020. So we'll move on as well into the Steelers free agents that they weren't able to re-sign. These free agents that the Steelers weren't able to re-sign. We're looking at Bud Dupree, who signed a five-year deal with Tennessee at $882.5 million. Um, that's the largest contract um, overall that's been given out so far in free agency. That's $2.5 million over Joe Thurney from the Patriots, who, who ends, who's gone there to shore up the line for Patrick Mahomes. Um, Bud gets an average annual contract value of $16.5 million, total guarantee of $35 million. In terms of other splits, we'll see that once he signs the contract, once the new league year starts. Mike Hilton has signed a four-year deal with the Cincinnati Bengals for $24 million. Obviously, that averages $6 million there. We don't know what their guarantee is from that yet. Really interesting. I know that already in the couple of shows that the BTSC guys have been able to do since this deal was done, you know, there's been discussion around whether that's a that's a daft pick from the Bengals. Um, you saw William Jackson from them go, I think he's gone off, off to Washington for about $42 million there. Look, in terms of that piece, I just somehow something says to me we'll see Mike Hilton back with the Pittsburgh Steelers in you know 18, 18 months, 24 months' time. Um, we know when we've got the cap number to sort of cover that, and he maybe we can get him in cut price. Interesting to see what happens there. Um, in terms of Matt Filer, we know he's signed a three year deal with the LA Chargers who need help across their offensive line. They've released a couple of different players, including like Trey Turner from them. They've equally the Chargers have always struggled with their offensive line, particularly over the last 15 years. Um, they've had good players, but, you know, they've struggled at every position. Filer provides them with some versatility there. I think Filer got paid. I think he would have been happy with a $6 million contract for different things. Again, we'll see different details. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the, the guarantee is fairly small and the Chargers have got a lot of cuttable money um, come the back, the back two years of that contract. But look, Good on Filer. Um, he is versatile. He was a good tackle for us, um, but he wasn't going to be able to play guard for us. I don't think anyone wanted him there. Um, and then, of course, you've got Tyson Alualu or Alulu, depending on how you pronounce it. Look, he was the 10th overall draft pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was a key piece for the Steelers to keep um, if we we're going to play nose tackle. He's got a deal, a two-year deal to go play back at Jacksonville. Um, you might seem to be a little bit on the edge there, but, I mean, given what he – Steals you would do interior defensive line, you know, Jacksonville would be would be silly to play around with that. He's signed an overall um contract value there of I believe it's six million dollars. So basically base out of one of the minimum minimum vet salary there um of 1.075 million in 2021, 1.3 million pro rider bonus. Um there's a workout bonus of 25 grand. Um 
you know, that's a, that's a decent couple of hours of pumping weights. Um, cap number of 2.4 million. He's got a $2 million base salary in 2022 pre rider bonus of the 1.3 there per game roster bonus. And that's an interesting one to factor in $250,000 there per game roster bonus. Um, so if he can play through that roster there, he'll make considerably more, um, considerably more money and a workout bonus, um, of, of $200,000 again. So you're sort of suggesting Jacksonville are going, well, will he be on the team? Will he retire? What have you, but his guaranteed salary is only $250,000 in 2022. Um, big shame not to keep Tyson Alualu. You know, I think everyone valued what he was ever doing. He probably had his best year of his career last year. A couple of other pieces that I've mentioned, of course, when we've, we've talked about cap, we've talked about the guys the Steelers have retained as said, I wouldn't want to go deep into Ben Roethlisberger, Trey Edmonds, DeGray Scales, or Jaron Jones. The other things to mention, obviously, Vince Williams, Vinny Vitovici, inspirational linebacker there. He's been cut. That gives the Steelers $4 million back into the cap. You know, sad to see him go, but, you know, football is business. Um, and who knows, perhaps we even bring him back if there's not that market for him. Equally, I could see if he's going to when he, if he's going to keep playing on. We, we could, he's another player Steelers could sort of see back in the next twelve months or mid season even. And then, of course, we have the retirements of Vance and Pouncey. Um, you know, McDonald and Pouncey. I think it's important to mention those guys because at the end of the day, they have changed what this offseason looks like. They've created needs at different positions. You know, and, and that's something we really need to factor in as we as we go through the different pieces there. The next thing I wanted to cover was the amount of free agents that are still available. Now, I believe this list is up to date at the moment. So NFL.com's 100, 101 top free agents, um, Greg Rosenthal and, and Chris Wesley have been doing this for a sort of eight seasons. I'm going to literally rattle off a bunch of names in different positions of guys that are still available because it's important we remember there's much of the fan base in us and not necessarily the BTSC listeners um, or, or article readers and what have you, but you see it on social media and you, and particularly things like Facebook, which which can be vile at the best of times. People are going, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers aren't doing anything. We're gonna, you know, what are, we're gonna have to fail. This season's gonna be terrible. Salary cap has gone down eight percent. It's gone down over six sixteen million dollars or close to thereabouts, depending on what, what teams have got got carried over and what have you. Being waiting back, holding the cards cards close, close to your chest is what's needed in this piece. You know, it goes back to what I said in the first show with Warren Buffett, that famous saying, when others are being greedy, it's a time to be fearful. This is the time for the Steelers to sit back while everyone else is being greedy. And then when everyone else has, you know, signed up all these players and used all their cap, Steelers can swoop in and get a bunch of players, decent players, whether they're old or young, um, that show some promise and get them on the on the cheek. So here's this list of players. Trent Williams, tackle, 33. Kenny Golladay, 27, wide receiver. Javon Clowney, 28, edge rusher. Will Fuller, wide receiver, 27. Curtis Samuel, 25, wide receiver. I believe he might be going to the Bears. I saw a rumor. Juju Smith-Schuster, 24, wide receiver. Mitchell Schwartz, tackle, 32. Rodney Hudson got released by the Raiders in the last 24 hours. Center, age 32. Justin Houston, edge rusher, 32. Hassan Reddick, who had a great season off the edge. Um, You know, you would expect him to get paid. You haven't seen that yet. Maybe he needs to sign a one-year prove-it deal. Um, 
you know, edge rusher, age 26, as I said there, Jayon Brown at the linebacker position. He makes plays. Um, he's ex-Tennessee, linebacker, 26. T.Y. Hilton, 31 wide receiver. Carlos Dumlap, edge rusher, age 32 there. Adoree Jackson, cornerback released by the Tennessee Titans. You know, he's been injured. He's struggled to live up to his draft status, but cornerback there available. David Andrews, released by the Patriots. He's argued a quick fix for any team with a center problem. Does that sound like the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, he's age 29. Anthony Harris, safety from the from the previously the Minnesota Vikings, 29 there. Melvin Ingram, edge rusher, 32 from the Chargers. He can play ferociously, whether he necessarily fits into our defense. Hard to say. Again, though, good money. Who knows? But he's someone I expect to get a bit of a, a, a decent contract there. Chris Carson, running back, I mentioned him on previous shows, um, particularly last week. He's someone that could be interesting to watch. It probably is a little bit heavy price for the Steelers, um, but he's there ranked at 42. Eric Fisher at 43. Tackle 30. You know, he's probably looking to a multi-year deal with 2022 and 2023 in mind. Whether that fits what the Steelers are looking for, probably not necessarily, but you mentioned to see where he goes. Could the Bengals go after him to show up their offensive line? KJ Wright, linebacker, ranked 44. Who knows? Malcolm Butler, um, you know, he was released. Michael Beck, I think, predicted that. He's been released from the Titans. He's a low-buy candidate at cornerback. Could be an interesting one there, but I think the Steelers have got their cornerback room wrapped up. John Brown, the wide receiver that said that he wanted to put on play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, released by the Bills. He's still available. Richard Sherman's still available. Again, I don't see the Steelers going cornerback in terms of free agency. Sammy Watkins is still available, probably out of the Steelers' price range, but it does affect potentially where Juju's going to be picked up because we're starting to see teams pick up their wide receivers. Xavier Rhodes is another player. Antonio Brown... Daquan Jones, nose tackle, um, Titans. Um, and the Titans asked a lot of him that doesn't show up in the box score. You know, I don't know too much about his play, but certainly if that's the case and that's the feedback on him, is he a Pittsburgh Steelers low-cost low candidate? Jaquiski Tart for safety, and I hope I've got his name right there. I think he played at the 49ers. You've got Quan Williams, um, 49ers. Kenyon Drake's available still. Patrick Peterson's available still. Larry Ogunjobi's still available. And Donovan Sue, you know, one-year deals keep happening for Sue, and he hasn't not shown up yet, you know. Carl Van Noy, Xavier Woods, Austin Reader, Cordell Patterson, Sheldon Rankins, another D tackle that, you know, is he an option? Um, Keanu Neal at safety. That could be really interesting. Although I think Dallas might go after him with his Dan Quinn history. Riley Reef, tackle cut from, from Minnesota. Um, he'll get a starting job, so whether we can afford him or not. Um, and my gut says he plays on the right as well. Gerald Everett, tight end. Is that someone we could bring in on the cheap? Um, you know, and what does that help with our tight end room? Duke Johnson, Alejandro Villanueva. Apparently the Steelers maybe in talks with him. We thought he'd price himself out. I do think he will price himself out. I think we're ready to move on with Chooks, especially if we sign Banner up on the other side. Um, but who knows? Desmond King, Arden Smith, Bashawn Breland, cornerback, Marlon Mack, Derek Wolfe, Quinton Dunbar, cornerback, Casey Haywood, cornerback that was released this week, Carl Long's coming out of retirement. Um, you've got Malik Hooker, a safety available, Troy Hill, Lawrence Guy, Dan Arnold, Kareem Jackson at safety. Um, 
James Connor still available. Not that I think that we'll keep him. James White running back, Quan Short, Brashad Perryman, Karen Hyder, Alquaita Muhammad, Everson Griffin, Mitchell Trubisky. The key point of all this is you start to see some positions. There's some older edge rushes, D tackles, running backs, cornerbacks, and older tackles still on the board. They're all different positions the Steelers need support in. So there's definitely time for the Steelers to still snag bargain. But look, that wraps up part one of this week's Steelers War Room. I'm Matt Peverell. Join me after the break where I'll look at a couple of draft prospects and equally we'll talk through some of the other things to consider about this offseason. Welcome back to this week's episode of Steel's War Room. I'm Matt Peverell, your host of this weekly show. Look, what a fast start. Now, I think it might have started to get really fast as I rattled off all those names in part one. But look, part two, as I said, I want to look at a couple of prospects um, and take you through in terms of what I think for those guys, for the draft guys. But before I finish the show with that, I thought it was interesting to look at the projected compensatory picks for 2022 based on the deals that these Steelers free agents have signed to go elsewhere. The reason I think that's important is, as we said, this is the Steelers war room. Not everything I say is, is a, you know, a prediction or it's a, what the Steelers are going to do. It's things that might factor into the mind when you, when you think about Omar Khan, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, even Mr. Rooney, other parts of the organization of the scouting room. The reason the 2022 compensatory picks, even though they're projected at the moment, and I'm going to go off over the caps projection, are important. Once you get an idea of likely where these picks are going to fall, what might that mean for what you think about in terms of the these the 2022 picks that you do currently have and what you might do to trade those picks to move up in this year's draft, especially for key prospects? Right now, the Steelers have all of their draft picks for 2022. And I, and I referenced Michael Beck's article a couple of weeks ago, um, I think it was sort of mid-Feb, around why the, why the Steelers couldn't afford to mess up the 2022 compensatory formula. Because if we can hoard picks, we can do different things. And as I said just before, if we, if we know that we, or we know that we're going to get some level of compensatory picks and we don't stuff up this situation, we can do things in this draft. We can do things and trade up. We can do things um, in terms of trading for different, you know, players that are coming off, you know, contractor after the draft and what have you, um, you know, depending on where teams are able, other teams are able to pick up and fill different needs or get younger at positions. Right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers for 2022 are projected to pick up around three. That'll likely be for Brad Dupree. Around Five for Matt Filer. Now, this is a Cornova cap. Around six for Mike Hilton and around six for Tyson Alualu. Now, they're four picks. The sixes allow you to potentially move up in different, probably different spots within the same round. Um, you know, in that particular draft, if you were to keep all your picks, the fifth pick, you could couple. Um, so maybe the Steelers trade their guaranteed fifth pick this year to move up spots. 
equally the third round pick. You know, Bud Dupree right now has the highest contract in free agency. You know, as we saw Joe Thurney is a key offensive lineman. And as we said there, he backed onto him. Bud Dupree will be in the top five, I think, really in terms of, you know, people that players that sign these contracts. So the Steelers will get a third or fourth for him. So we can do some interesting pieces here, um, you know, in terms of next year and what that means for this year's draft. Don't be surprised to see the Steelers do some things. There are some key players and they, you know, in this draft that they can go after and there's some key positions they need to, as I say, as I've said before, you don't want to draft for need. You want to draft best player available. But at the end of the day, you are also drafting to fill positions, even if it's not in this first season, it's in the future. And the Scobros talked about that before. The Steelers don't like drafting and don't aim to draft players that are going to be week one starters. Devin Bush wasn't a week one starter. Um, you know, I think the last player to be guaranteed week one starter spot was Ryan Shazy. And even with the career path he was on, the Steelers then still said, Kevin Colbert still said that wasn't necessarily the right move. But look, let's use that to move on to the, to this year's draft. I'm going to continue with two more prospects that are on my big board at the moment. And one of them is that center position, because right now the only center that the Pittsburgh Steelers have got besides Jason Hassenhauer is BJ Finney. Yeah. So the reason I didn't cover that was um, earlier in the show is that BJ Finney, we don't really know a lot of the contract numbers and what that looks like yet. So we'll wait for that to come out as the new league year starts. But anyway, back to these prospects. The first player I wanted to talk about was the Ohio state center, six foot five, 312 pounds, Josh Myers, who's been given, according to NFL.com, they've got a grade of 6.23. Um, he's got a family history with Kentucky, and he could have gone there, but he chose to go to Ohio State. He uh, redshirted his first year with the Buckeyes and then played 10 games of reserve. He started all 14 games at center in 2019 at a position he actually didn't play in high school. Um, this experience helped him excel in the pivot as a junior, earning him first big first team or Big Ten and Remington Trophy final stars for his playing seven starts for the national runners up Lance Zerlin and fellow analyst has looked at him and said, he's a future starting center with a proportionally broad frame, good lean mass. He's battle tested and experienced in most run blocking schemes. Great for the Steelers. We need people to open up holes. He's functional working into lateral positioning and he's at his best in double teams and working up to the linebackers to free. And he did this to free the Buckeyes interior rushing attack. He's not a natural bender and has a trouble with contact balance when allowing defenders to get up under his pads. His size works to his advantage against power rushes, but protection will become a little sneaky when asked to slide a mirror against athletic edge attacks. He's solid but unspectacular with the talent, um, and he's an early starter. Um, A lot of people are pitching him in at the third or the fourth round. I think the Steelers um, really need to look at him at the back of that third. in terms of that, maybe it's maybe it's a fourth there as well. Maybe it's involving trading up back into the third to, to be able to secure him. Strengths, he's broad and wide with a proportional physique. Mass to match the run stuffing zero techniques. Makes calls up fronts. Uh, processes moving fronts and just work accordingly. Stays active after contact. Looks to improve positioning. Um, he'll slide his feet or hips around defenders to seal a run lane. He maintains eye contact with climb-up targets on the second level. Um, Musters quality pop when throwing punch. Ankle flexion for adequate anchor versus bull rushes. Widens out his broad frame to protect A-gaps. Weaknesses. He allows his defender's hands into his frame too often. He plays too straight-legged. His feet can be choppy, then drive-oriented through contact. 
Average success rate is an outside zone blocker. Inconsistent use of hands to help capture lateral positioning. He needs to maintain better posture in pass sets. His hands got washed away by active, well-schooled opponents, and he will need to punch and reset to prevent rush leakage at his edge. Slow reaction time to recover and redirect. Um, personnel director for an NFL NFC team in the NFL said he's a pretty good player and he's got a great build for a center. I think he's going to end up starting for a long time. Now that's interesting from one of the other different pieces I've seen, I've seen from profiles. A lot of them are saying he's an NFL starting center scheme fit inside zone, heavy rushing offense, passing offense with high volume shotgun formations. Who, what team does that potentially sound like? particularly if we still are going to have a rookie going forward in the next few years or Mason Rudolph or a Dwayne Haskins. Um, he's a really interesting player. You know, he's also been described as a bloke with a boxy frame suited to work in the phone booth. Um, you know, that people say with the right training, he can look at wide concepts and climb off double teams to pick off linebackers. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what, where the steals are going to go up for him. Um, he'll be a really interesting, interesting player acquisition if the Pittsburgh Steelers can bring him in. I'm excited by him. Other teams that could be looking to draft him would other apparently the Ravens, the Rams, the Dolphins as well. Now, we know the Ravens are having some turnover in their offensive line. They signed Kevin Zietler um, as part of his free agency. The Rams I talked about before with Austin Blythe being off, um, you know, now in free agency. And I said that they could be one that goes up and gets Creed Humphrey before us. If they do that, maybe that's where we bring in Joss Myers. Um, look, he's someone that's going to be drafted probably day three. Um, I'd love to grab him over the Dolphins. As I said, they had Ted Carras, who I talked about on on a previous show as well. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited if the Steelers can get Josh Myers. Not that we want to fall in love with a player, but he's someone that we don't necessarily have to spend you know, a, a first or second round pick on, even potentially a third round pick on, which will allow us to go get that good linebacker or tackle in round one, get the RB in round two, round three. Can we get a Brevin Jordan? Can we get, you know, um, you know, do we need to go get another sort of um, offensive guard as well? You know, there's de- wide receiver even at the start of the third. So drafting Josh late, particularly if we can get a, a, a cheap veteran center to support, other than BJ Finney, um, which I don't, I'm not confident it's necessarily going to happen, but if we can get them in free agency, we've got some options there. The second player that I wanted to talk about was a cornerback of all things. Now you're going, Matt, we don't, Steelers aren't going to draft in quarterbacks in round one. I'm not suggesting round one. I'm actually suggesting way back, probably late fit, likely sixth rounder, potentially late fifth, could even fall to late, fall to the seventh. And that's, Darren Hall, a cornerback from San Diego State. He's a cornerback. He's 5'11", 189 pounds, wingspan of 74 and a half inches, arms 30 um, inches and one eighth, hands nine inches. Um, he's a really interesting player. He's a two-year starter. He saw extensive action as a freshman. He's a good-sized cornerback. He has a knack for pre- breaking up passes, quick-footed in reverse, effectively reads and diagnoses plays, possesses a good burst to the ball, breaks down well, fights with his hands, position himself against receivers to make plays, gives a good effort in defending the run. That's what we want to see. Firing up the field and wrapping up ball handlers. Negative with him is he does bite on receivers' moves and it can result in blown assignments and his deep speed can be a concern. 
Um, he's entering the draft after two productive campaigns. He looked good in the senior bowl practices, according to scouts. He possesses size and ball skills to play nickel at the next level, uh, although he'd be best in zone coverage. Again, that's great for the Steelers um, or backed off the line of scrimmage. He He's played safety and cornerback in high school, which could be interesting. Give Maybe there's some versatility with him um, in his cornerback duo with Lukeman. Baku, um, they together tied the most pass breakups in the nation. Each player had 16 pass breakups. Um, you know, Baku headed to the NFL. Um, Hall basically last year, and then Hall was left to sort of lead the Aztec secondary. In, in eight games, he racked up 37 tackles. He showed his playmaking skills with three interceptions, one return for a touchdown. Um, and he earned first team All Mountain West honors. He was, as I said, invited to the senior bowl. He impressed in practice. Um, and in the game, he made three tackles with a pass breakup. Right now, sort of teams looking at him, um, apparently the 49ers, Bengals, and Broncos in terms of where he fits. I just think he's a really interesting player. Um, you know, he might be a end up just being really a special team, uh, you know, backup, if, if anything, throughout his career. But I think he's a guy that still could go after in the sixth round to make it younger at that cornerback position. Obviously, James Pierre um, is someone the Steelers are looking to develop. Justin Lane is not the future. He's on that rookie contract. Bring someone in. What have you got to lose in this sixth round? Um, according to NFL, strengths are he's built up his body while at San Diego State. Um, he just lateral slides to release. He studies quarterback and plays with anticipation. Choppy short area feet for sudden direction changes. He sinks into receiver's chest when phasing routes downfield. Um, or routes downfields, I should say. Um, opportunistic from zone and competitive on 50-50 balls. Midpoints, high-low route concepts with readiness to play, either of them. He's burst to close and take it in when he has the read. He has a very good feel for timing and playing receivers. He's got good physicality and play strength in run support. Again, love that idea of him run support. He can have too much weaknesses, though. Too much freestyle movements over consistent technique, unorthodox shuffle into space from the zone, excessive wasted motion from the top of the drop, sticky hips, stall transitions when routes cross his face. He's not a natural route phaser. He occasionally loses body control and balance when running with a route, um, missing makeup gear to chase down escaping targets, and doesn't, as, as we said before, it doesn't take much to bite him on bait. So there you go. There you've got two strengths and weaknesses from two different sort of scouts there. Um, as I said, I'm really, really excited um, if the Steelers can bring him in late. As as I said before, um, around Josh Myers, you don't want to fall in love with players, but he's the sort of guy that you, you can hear his name call and go, what, San Diego State? But just think, the Steelers could be seeing something that we don't necessarily see. I'd rather them, if they're going to go late in terms of safety and, and secondary players, I'd rather them get a guy like this who's got a bit of proven performance, who's, you know, got some promise, is keen on pass breaking ups, is going to do some stuff in, in the run game. Look, that wraps up a massive Steelers war room for this week. As always, I try and get through everything in half an hour. I know we seem to go a little bit over every week. Look, the next week is going to be very, very interesting in terms of we'll get all the inside information in terms of what happened with the Steelers. There's guys like James Connor and Juju Smith-Schuster. We don't know what they're doing yet in terms of where they're going. It's going to be a big 24 hours. 
be open for the next week in terms of what the Steelers do. I know in touch on under last week, we said be wary um, as a Steelers fan, but equally be inspired. We've got a smart organization with veteran, you know, general managers, scouting coaches, um, owners, smart ownership. We'll go out and get some key guys. And then with that, we'll then go back it up with some smart draft. That wraps up this week's show. Go Steelers.